Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, if you've not heard last Monday, you're going to need to go listen to last Monday because this is part two. And who told you how to make ethical and moral decisions? This is something which I do with law enforcement officers at the federal, state, and local level. But I also do it and have many times with teenagers, with Bible study groups and the like. And we set it up last week. This week, we're going to go a little bit further and talk about the questions that you need to ask yourself when you're considering making a decision. And some of these will skew a little bit for the younger crowd, but they all work throughout your life. One of the first things to do whenever you are thinking about doing something is to ask the question, who is influencing me? Who or what is influencing me to make this decision? It might be a very simple thing. It might be a commercial on television that says you don't have time to eat real food. You can get it in a pill form and you go, okay, well, who's influencing you? Well, it's that company and they, they say, this is guy's a doctor. Um, we don't know a doctor in what, but he's a doctor of some sort might be English literature, but uh, they're, and, and they're going to, they want me to take this and it's just as good. Cause I don't have the time to eat all the, well, okay. Let's do a little research and figure out whether spending that much money on those pills makes sense when you could spend that money or less on real food and it might do you better. It might, but who's influencing you to give your money over and who's telling you that you can't eat well? That's, um, these are questions you need to ask because when people try to sell you things, they're selling you things, even if they're wonderful things, they're selling you things because it's a business and they're making money. It's, you may not need that particular thing. I mean, right now, when this is being recorded, they're showing commercials of people clapping while they're driving because they don't need to hold the wheel anymore. I don't want that feature. I don't need that feature and that feature will not sell me on the car but it's being put out. This is a safety feature. It's a little hard for me to buy right now, either monetarily or mentally, but you know, Hey, if you need to break into, you know, incoherent spasmodic clapping, then maybe this is the car for you, but at least think about who's influencing you. Speaking of cars, I've always loved cars, always loved them. And I can remember being in high school, where the guys that were really cool car guys, I mean, they'd spend the weekends with wrenches out there working on cars, because you could back then, didn't need computers. If you had a couple spanners or wrenches and a hammer, you probably could do most of the stuff. And they were, you know, had grease under their fingernails and they, they were cooler than the other kids and they smoked earlier than the other kids. And they, uh, they goofed off in school because they were car guys, they were the cool guys. I loved cars, but I didn't know much about them. And I really wanted to be one of the cool car guys, but I started noticing early because I'm one of these guys that asked myself questions. 
if I follow them, where are they going? And is that really where I want to go? And it dawned on me that you could see grown up versions of these fellas that weren't making much money, uh, and that they didn't study hard, that they, they skipped some school and classes and they made fun of people who actually did the work and it meant they never had the money for a cool car. Now, maybe they just love working on cars. Nothing wrong with that, buddy. I need those people in the world. But if they got into this because they loved cars and they wanted to have cool cars, they're not gonna get the money to do that. So if you wanna be a cool car guy, you might need to get your degree in history, engineering, computer science, something like that instead of just sitting around smoking and talking about your pinto over here. It's important to see who is influencing you and do you want to go there. For example, somebody will see a music star or they'll see a, a movie star and go, Ooh, I really want that life. Do you though? Do you really? Think about what they go through. Think about what kind of life they end up having. And while all the glitter and, and gloss is great for those who make it, there's also uh, the broken relationships, the, the debt, the anger, you know, somebody getting punched at the Oscars. Is, is that really where you want to end up? So don't start it if that's not where you want to end up. Are, are these people who you want to be in the long term? Then you can also ask yourself this. We're not alone in the universe and some of the things out there don't like us. So who in the spiritual realm is influencing me here? Now that's more perfidious. It's, it's more hidden. It's more dark to where you can look at your wife and be thinking about it. It just drives me crazy. When she, why won't she do that kind of thing? Now, I don't know. And then what happens is you find yourself being influenced away from affection, love and service toward the wife. And now there's going to hear something that you could put it on. The forces out there will, you know, show you another person or perhaps a sports thing or perhaps anything else. But it's to get you, you know, who's influencing me? Whose voice is doing all this? The Bible refers to the devil as a whisperer, and I think that's one of his greatest tools. And he will say bad things to you about God, but God doesn't buy that. But he also say bad things about God to you and bad things about your husband, your wife, kids, whatever. You've got to decide, am I going to listen to those little voices? And you know, one of the most idiotic things you can ever have you tell anybody is, you know, just listen to your heart. Ah, wait, wait, let's find out who's talking to your heart first before we listen to the heart. Who's influencing you? When you do this, are you going to be closer to Jesus or further away? Now that's a trap, by the way. You would be stunned, perhaps, at the number of divorces I have seen that took, that got started when somebody started to study the Bible or at least their version of Christianity with somebody else. And it was male, female, female, male. And the next thing you know, because God told them so, they left their mates 
to be close to each other because that'll bring them closer to God, which is a complete lie. Every single time, it's a complete lie. But somewhere down the line, the whispering started. So catch the whispers early and do as Jesus did. Quote scripture back at him or just say out loud, no, I've made a different decision. I'm not going to do that. That will not take me where I need to be. But be aware of the voices in your head. There's a, a system of therapy called transactional analysis, and it was really brought to the popular imagination in the 70s with the book, I'm Okay, You're Okay, which is a horrible title, and the author realized that after it came too famous to change it. But it was a way to stop the voices and the games in your head, the games people play. And there are follow-up books. I think the best one was called Staying Okay. And it was all about, wait, that voice in your head that's criticizing you right now, who does it sound like? Dad, mom, your aunt, your teacher? Now, how'd they get in your head and why do they have the right to be saying these things to you? Instead, counter it. Go, no, not doing that. I'm doing this. I'm making my decision. I'm not going to make the world's decision, the devil's decision. I'm going to make my decision. So. Here's, here's a way to test it. Are your reasons for this, that, that you want to do this, reasonable, valid, Christian, and good? Could you make your argument for this before the throne of God without embarrassment or stuttering? I've had that before when I ran a counseling clinic. A young lady was brought into me by her parents, by the way, that almost never goes well unless they want to come, and she most certainly did not want to be there. They wanted me to talk to her, not really as a counselor, but as, uh, as a pastor, because their beautiful young lady wanted to go on a date with a guy that had a bad reputation and had earned every bit of it. Um, in our town, we, we knew the guy. And I talked to her and I said, why, why would you want to go on a date with this fella? And she goes, well, I don't know. <laughs> really? I said, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Would you happen to think the guy's good looking? She goes, well, I don't know. I said, who, do, who can we call? Who can we call to ask if the guy's good looking? And after a while, she said, yeah, I guess he is. I said, oh, great, good. Um, and then I said, but again, why this fella? Uh, are you afraid that if you don't date this guy, there won't be another one coming around? You know, what is it? And she would, you know, pfft, and all the faces. And eventually she decided to, to, to play a, a Christian card, which is a bad move for her to make, because I, I, I know those cards. <clears throat> she said, well, how, how am I ever, how's he ever gonna be brought closer to God if, if people like me won't hang around him? And I said, so is this a date or is it an evangelistic maneuver? You know, because that would be fascinating. I don't know how you do that. You see a movie, you go to Wendy's, why don't we walk to the church building, you trip them in the baptistry. How, do you, how does this work? How do you bring this person to Jesus by going on a date with them? We, we worked for an hour before she finally began to open up about why she wanted to go on a date with him. And I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm not going to tell you her real reasons because I understood those. And we talked and we worked and think things turned out okay. But the point is, she couldn't have argued that before the throne of God. Another example, uh, I had the weirdest counsel <coughs> and people, I only ran the clinic for eight years, 
but I have a few stories that are just mind-boggling. This is one of the weirdest things I'd ever faced. Young couple came in, yeah, you know, mid-30s, whatever, and they sat down on the couch and I said, what brings you in today? You know, and I want, you know, we argue about things all the time, don't we? Yeah, we argue about them all the time. Really? What do you argue about? Oh, everything? Yeah, everything. Now this went on, you know, I would say about what? Finances? Oh, sure. Yes, yes, sure it is. They agreed about everything and I could not get a handle on something to start with. Because if you walk into the office and you say everything is awful, one has to find one awful thing that we can start on. And I couldn't find an area of disagreement because they were agreeing about everything. And I, I even said, that, all right, you're agreeing about everything so far. So let me just ask you, when you leave today, are you going to fight about something? Oh yeah, I'm sure we will. Of course we will. We always do. Uh, okay. I said, do you happen to own a cassette recorder? Now, sorry guys, this was back in the dark ages. Dinosaurs still roamed the earth. So we, we had cassettes. And you know, I, yes, we do. Well, I'm sure we do. You know, just again, agreement. I said, all right, here's the deal. I want you to come back next week, same time. Uh, but in the interim, when an argument starts, I want you to record it so I can hear what an argument sounds like to you. Can you do that? Well, I'm sure we can. No problem. You know, okay. Next week they came in just very fidgety no recordings because every time they started an argument, the one who thought they were right grabbed the cassette recorder and the other one shut up. I went, okay, there you go. If you can't argue that via recording in front of me, how are you arguing this before the Jesus that's ever present in your home? Can you go before the throne of God and argue this point? Because if you can't, you can't comfortably do that. Maybe this isn't a point worth arguing about. Maybe you need to pull back and check your motivations. Check what it is you're really going for. Check your decisions. Check your ethics. See what your priorities are. Because if you can't run in front of Jesus and make this case, you can't make it down here because Jesus is with us always. It's not like he's going to get mad and leave the room. He's there. So think about this. Wow. We will do part three next week. We're going to continue to do these questions to help us open up. Hope they help. Send in your comments, patrick at rsafeharbor.com. And also uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit like, tell people about it. And if you can, support us monetarily because that's the way we can keep doing this. But even if you don't have a penny, you're still welcome. You always will be, and you'll never be shamed. Have a wonderful week. Make some good decisions. Surprise everybody.